Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Infectious diseases specialist at McMaster University, Dr. Martha Fulford. Dr. Fulford has spoken out very strongly, including on this program, about the need to get kids back in the classroom. Dr. Fulford, thank you very much for, for taking the time. I, I don't understand why the premier thought it was a good idea to contact healthcare professionals and educators on Thursday and give them 24 hours to get back to him with advice on what to do as far as getting kids back into the classroom is concerned. Cut and dried, isn't it? I thought it was. I I, I don't think I'm the only person that was uh, scratching my head a little bit. Uh, the advice from the medical community has been unequivocal. Uh, after he made no announcement on May 20th about schools, there was a open letter sent to him, I mean, it was sent to him, but it was available to anybody, uh, signed by the Canadian Pediatric Society and every major pediatric organization in the province of Ontario, stating unequivocally that it is our opinion that the risks of not reopening schools far outweigh any risk, conceivable risk of reopening. The risk of reopening is the possibility of a very small number of increases in cases of covid and that's the only risk of reopening, uh, which in this era of vaccination and with our numbers plummeting is obviously a very, very different topic than it would have been a few weeks ago. But the risks of not reopening are we have been screaming into a void, it feels like, that with every day that passes, we are losing a generation of children. Uh, just, uh, I don't know if it was last week or this week, but the Royal Society of Canada wrote to to the premier and has described what is happening as essentially we are on the brink of a generational catastrophe so the medical perspective has been unequivocal the uh, education sector i have heard them request reasonably that we need to have both a short-term but most for me most important a very long-term investment in education I think COVID has highlighted that we have crumbling facilities, uh, that we uh, haven't paid as much attention to the complete importance. I mean, the, the, this is an essential uh, issue, education. This is yeah. the future of our, of our, of our society, and, and we need to invest in it. Yeah, well, Dr. Fulford, let me ask you to just expand a bit on this issue of the lost generation. I mentioned it in my introduction, and I mm-hmm. mentioned it because of what I hear from you, and I hear from other healthcare professionals and, and educators as well, who believe that this is really what's happening, that there is a generation be, of kids being lost. What is happening to these kids? What's going on so we, in their lives? So there, there's a whole series of, of levels we can look at it. There's the immediate medical harms, and this is medical harms today can, can set a pattern for an entire life. So we have children who are isolated, who are essentially being socially starved of interactions. Uh, this, so the obesity, the social starvation, the lack of, of interactions with other people, we have physical problems and we have all the mental health problems that go with that. We have eating disorders, we have anxiety, we have worsening suicide attempts and obviously we don't want any child to get to the point of suicide we don't want to be counting suicides we want to be stopping them uh, we have 
uh, acting out, and, and that's in children with, with developmental regressions, with anxieties, with temper tantrums, with uh, you know more bedwetting, that kind of stuff. We have somatization disorders. We have uh, over, uh, substance abuse and misuse. And these things happening in the formative years of childhood and, and, and teenage years set up a pattern, a potential pattern for life in most people. And, and so what we're seeing now is going to reverberate down probably more than one generation. Then we have the impact of education itself. This is critically important. I don't think any educator is going to dispute that grade three literacy is a predictor of the ability to graduate from high school. If, if we have children that aren't able to complete an education, that aren't able to, to even finish high school, this sets them up for a life of deprivation, for their children to have a life of deprivation. And we know that socioeconomic status equals health. So that the lower the socioeconomic status uh, of, of an individual, the more likely they have okay. long-term health consequences. Let me ask you. It, it just, there's a myriad of problems that could go on forever, obviously. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. You're an infectious diseases specialist, and I know this isn't something that you ever intended to get involved in, uh, this this debate, but you have, and, and I think your voice people want to hear. Your voice is one that people want to hear. So uh, what I've heard from those who will argue against at times getting kids back into the classroom. Uh, I think fundamentally everybody wants them back in the classroom. But the one argument against it is that the risk of reopening now may be too high, that the safety of kids and the safety of teachers would be compromised if the classrooms were to just open wide. What do you say? This is a very, a very interesting conversation because everybody keeps using the word safety. But it's really not defined. Safe from what? And we're presuming it means safe from COVID. Well, it has become eminently clear uh, in the last 14 months that children are at extremely low risk of any kind of an adverse outcome from COVID. So we know that the risk to our children, and sure, of course, a child can get COVID, but it is essentially asymptomatic. In other words, it's so mild they have no symptoms or very mild. It is very uncommon for a child to become unwell with COVID. And anybody can look up the numbers online, so it's not just me saying this. We can look up the, the, the numbers from the Centers for Disease Control in the U.S. or Canada that for children and youth, influenza has a higher mortality than COVID. This is not true for older adults, but for children, COVID is not the threat. So the safety issue for children, they're not at risk. Then we come to teachers. This is a fair concern, actually, when we, we didn't know what we were dealing with. But in the previous, so as, the four, as the months have passed, and we know from other jurisdictions, and British Columbia is an excellent example, where the schools have, have not closed since June of last year. They've had open classrooms, in-person teaching, and actually nowhere near the same mitigation measures that we've had in Ontario. For example, up until very recently, they didn't have masking in the classrooms. It was not mandatory. And despite or uh, uh, what we can take from this is if we actually look at the risk to teachers, and there's a, a study that's actually undergoing peer review, but I have a sort of a, a, peer, a personal communication for some of the researchers. The teachers were at no higher risk than anybody else in the community getting COVID. So in other words, being in the classroom did not put them at risk. This is research that's been shown in Sweden, that's been shown in Scotland. Okay. That's been, so the point is, what is safety? And I'm going to say the safety issue right now, what is putting our children at risk, is not 
having schools closed. They're not at risk from COVID. The safety problem now is the harms by not being in school. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.